0: Hi everyone and a very warm welcome to this episode of the Scottish Paddlecast from the Scottish Canoe Association. We hope you're all keeping well and we are delighted to be joined today by Thomas Duarte who is a performance sprint coach with the SCA and club sprint coach at 4th Canoe Club. He has a wealth of experience as a paddler and coach so we're delighted that he's made the time to join us today. Thanks Thomas.
1: Hi Doug, thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure to have these conversations with you. So.
0: Hopefully, the audience will enjoy them as well. I'm sure they will, Tomas. Thanks very much. So we're asking everybody the same question as we get going. Yeah. It's a very difficult question, Thomas. Uh You know, we had some slalom paddlers at the start. We had a sprint coach with Christina. So if you could paddle anywhere in the world, in any boat type, with any people, where would you go? What would you do? Well,
1: obviously, as a sprint coach, I would go for sprint uh, that's an easy answer there. Um, uh, I would think I would go with Marta from Poland, Um uh, Always been a great fan of hers. I don't know, there's just something in her that I just like as a person. So I met her in 2013. And her personality as an individual and as an athlete is just amazing. She's always smiling before, during and after a race. And mm-hmm. she just engages with the people. So it's really nice, uh, and I would have to go with Fernando Pimenta, which is a Portuguese paddler. Uh, just just to have that national and Portuguese pride, their presence. Uh, I would choose to, to go to Portugal, obviously, uh, to paddle in the um, Montemor, where is the uh, where we train and do international races. It's just a beautiful, beautiful place, and there's it's just a little village, not much people around there. Uh, obviously to train with them to see how, how an Olympic paddler actually trains during a day from sun, sunset to sunrise or, you know, j- just to have that experience, I think it would be lovely. Cool. God,
0: you gave that a lot of thought to us. That's great. Oh, yeah. You know you know me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, j- just to kind of get us going a bit, we may have people listening who are not from sprint or not from your discipline, Could you maybe tell us a bit about your journey into paddling, kind of where it started for you and kind of where it's been leading you?
1: Yeah, most definitely. Um, uh, I used to be a basketball player. I loved basketball. I still do. Uh, It it was my passion. Unfortunately, I had uh, an injury on my heels that prevented me from continuing the sport. So I had to make a decision, which was to to quit it. Uh, My GP then said to me that my... um, my legs were overdeveloped compared to my upper body. So I was a, a V-shaped, but the, the wrong way. Um, I had a friend of mine, he, he was doing canoeing, uh, and, and I just went there for a weekend and had, had a go and loved the way I was welcomed by the club, that it was a team environment there. Everyone worked together against each other. So it, it was a competitive environment from the day one, but at the same time... We were like a family, regardless if we knew each other or not. So we, we in them welcomed everyone. So yeah, that's, that's where I started. I, I started on a sit on top, crossing a river, going to a beach. Obviously, this was south of Portugal, so the weather was almost brilliant. Uh, I remember I started on the last weekend of February. Don't ask me the year. It was many years ago. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, then putting me on sprint boats and just having a go. Once you had the balance, you were you were allowed to go with the competition group, which was about fifteen or twenty people. Um, so yeah, it was a massive group of people training together, and yeah, that was my that was the start of my pathway as a paddler. Was there, okay. crossing a river, gra- getting
0: on the sprint boat, and just having fun. Okay, and where did that lead you? Once you stopped falling in no. and were getting paddling, what what happened next? <laughs>
1: No, so what followed next was I was just there for general fitness and I said that from the beginning. As I said, I started on the last weekend of February and the first competition was in May. So that's what we call the first paddles in Portugal. And uh, I've always said to my coaches, I'm just here for general fitness. I do not want to be competitive in this because I, I have no balance. I'm always capsizing. I don't want to be part of any competition at all. This sport doesn't doesn't bring that competitive side of me. Um, well, so they invited me to go and support my teammates in the competition to, to where they just put me on the boat and said, look, you're not doing the competition. All you're doing is you're going in the same circuit as everybody else. We've asked the juries and the referees and they've allowed that. But you're not competing. I said... Uh, Okay, so I, I did this circuit, right, and I had this marathon boat, and it was really shallow. So the marathon boat, uh, the rudder actually is over so it lifts if you touch anything to prevent it from from uh, breaking. So I, I finished the circuit, an hour and a half passed, and I hear my name being called. I'm like, I, I was asking my coaches, like, did I do something wrong? And they're like, oh, no, 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 uh, they've gotten the wrong person. So what had happened was they've actually put me in the competition without me knowing, and I won third place. Uh, so that's where everything started. I was like, "Well, I can actually do this." I had fun competing, so let's let's actually start training. So I went from that phase of um, I started doing train to train rather than train uh, learn to train. So I went in about three months. That that's a long took me to go from learn to train to actually train to train so it, it was absolutely fabulous okay. <laughs> and yeah
0: okay uh, so obviously I'm really interested in your coaching I, I've known you as, mm-hmm. as a coach for quite a few years now where did coaching start for you you had this lovely amazing introduction to the sport where did coaching start yeah so
1: you know not not all things are are black and white um You know, as as I moved on from that, learned to train and passed on to the train and train phase, I started seeing things in the club that I didn't realize as a a beginner. So, you know, my vision as an athlete and as a person didn't actually match with my coaches. So we just just had the fallout of, you know, they weren't showing up at the times or there were days that they were actually not even showing up. So me as a 16-year-old then, was well we have younger children we need to train them so i was a 16 15 year old boy coaching people when i when i actually should be training uh, and this was me without any qualifications whatsoever having no idea what i was doing it was just trying to have them engaged in the sports or the activities we were doing so i think i think that's when my first coaching started without me having to actually realize I was coaching in any way or in some way. Um, yeah, a few years passed. I finished my studies. I decided, well, I do enjoy the, the the lovely weather of Portugal, but you know what? I actually prefer to move on to Scotland, where the weather is even nicer. Uh, and yeah, about five, six months went by. I wasn't training. I, I wasn't sitting on a kayak. I was going crazy. So I decided to contact my local club, uh, Fourth Canoe Club, who was the closest to me by by then, uh, and yeah, I, I talked to Mick James. He, he was the former Commodore of that club. We sat down. You know, for me, sitting down with a Commodore or president was was a big deal because that that does not happen in Portugal. It, it, for you to talk to a club president or Commodore, you'd have to be like a big big athlete. So we sat down, we went through what I did, what my background was in paddling. By then, I had about six, seven years of experience paddling in regionals, nationals, and I did a few international races as well in marathon. Um, So he he just sat down and he said, look, I want to give you a job here. And that was in half an hour conversation. So... Yeah, I went to do my FSRTs, my First Aids, my Level 1. Uh, yeah, a year went by and a certain dog appeared <laughs> in front of me. Uh, yeah, changed my my coaching view, vision, uh, me being a coach and being an individual as well. Reflecting a lot, thinking, thinking processes happened a lot there. Uh, yeah so that that was that was my coaching pathway uh, I am now sprint performance coach uh, so thanks to you doug as well uh, you know I still need to thank you a lot uh, yeah we sat down we talked on what my pathway would look from from that day we met onwards and it's still going and I have i have to thank you a lot
0: well it's uh, always been a pleasure working with you uh, now I have this vivid image Of the first time I met you properly in the boathouse at fourth career club and watching you coaching for people out there who haven't coached young kids to paddle sprint boats. uh, It's worth the listeners just knowing that Thomas did get his own back on me when he had to do some safety training. He got to take me to an extremely cold reservoir in December (laughs) and teach me to paddle sprint boats. And I fell in lots and lots and lots while he rescued me. So uh, he got his own back. Um, (laughs) Talk to us a bit about what it's like coaching uh, young kids in sprint. Um,
1: Despite what people might think, uh, having to coach children, people might say, oh, they're going to be difficult. Not really. They're not difficult. It's just us as adults or or, uh, older teenagers trying to coach. We just try to complicate things. And, And I think the best approach to coach children is to think like one act like one but just have more responsibility that that that's how, that's how i see coaching children is because once you're in you're in their 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 shoes you can actually create a, an amazing session and yourself enjoy it yes you're gonna have a complicated child here and there but again just put yourself in there put yourself in their shoes and you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it there's there's no barriers to coaching people because that's all, all we're doing is coaching people we are not coaching children or adults. That will come later, depending on what your goals as a coach and their goals as individuals and athletes will be. It's just looking at the bigger picture is what does this person need and what can I uh, do to help them achieve that? But yeah, so, Yes, coaching children, it, sometimes it can be difficult because like everyone, we have our good days and our bad days, so will they. You know, it's just managing.
0: It's a managing process. That's all. So one of the things I like about you, Thomas, is you always make very complicated things feel really simple. So I've just <laughs> I've just written down what you said there. I'm going to just repeat it for the benefit of the listeners. Uh, you said yeah, yeah. we overcomplicate things in coaching. The best way to coach kids is to think like kids. And it's such a simple sentence, isn't it? But when you go, oh, right, of course, yeah. yes. To see the world as, as they see it, not as you see it um correct yeah and so many years ago i uh, remember being taught that we used to think that children you just knew less than us but it's not that they know less than us that they also yeah. know less than us it's that they know differently exactly yeah
1: and and one thing that i've came to realize in the past year or so if not more was as we grow older we stop thinking the same way and we deviate of of our beliefs and that's just that that's just complicating things is if you have vision just go with it regardless of what what the process looks like just just go and that's one of the things i like about arnold Schwarzenegger. was we're here to do it we're gonna do it and we need to be smiling whilst doing it if you're not smiling you're doing the wrong thing and when it comes to children i might say um, i'm gonna be paraphrasing einstein here but if you can't explain the most complex thing Easily, simply put, then you don't actually understand it. That, and, and that's how children work. You know, they know the, they know this, they know how to say it simply. You know, but their thoughts, their ideas, they're actually really complex. They just don't know how to explain it in an adult's language, let's say. And we don't actually try to listen and understand them that's the biggest issue between adults and children. That's why people tend to say, oh, it's difficult to coach them. It's not. We're
0: just trying to complicate it. So you are definitely the first person on this podcast. You may be the first person ever to link Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) and Albert Einstein, but it was beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. You know, (laughs)
1: that's that's the beautiful thing about coaching, isn't it, is... You can you can grab the 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 most uncommon things and put them together and make it work.
0: Yeah, somebody once said to me that uh, the definition of creativity is connecting the seemingly unconnected. So I'm going to say that Arnie <laughs> and Einstein was a good example of that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but see, their ideas and, and beliefs were in some way the same. Okay. So. We know a bit about coaching kids. Now, over the last couple of years, you've had a bit of a journey from coaching like people who've never been in sprint boats to getting yeah. them progressing through to kind of joining the SCA performance programme and British national medals and so on. Yeah. When you've then taken that transition as a coach, and you're still coaching kids, but that transition to now coaching people who've been to, you know, senior World Cups, who've been to World Junior Champs and yeah. so on, talk to us a bit about those different contexts and what that's been like for you as a coach.
1: Yeah. So obviously, like everything else, once you move from from one stage to the other, you're 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 learning, regardless if you have years of experience, because individuals will always be different. They'll always have different needs, and they'll they'll interact differently to what you say or do. So for me going from a club coach to to coaching those those athletes of being like a world stage or or going into internationals or even just representing Scotland at a national level was was a big step forward for me. It it opened my eyes that, you know, okay, I'm used to thinking like a child and acting like one. Now these are now we're talking about developed young athletes. We're not talking about developing young paddlers and that that's i think that that was my first step as a coach was understanding that the way i approach them the way i look into a training program a training block the way the way i act as an individual in front of them so i've, I've always been told by a certain someone uh no names need to be said here <clears throat> uh, that I, I have a i would say too much of a kind approach. I'm, I'm just too engaged, too too emotional, connected. Uh, to which is fine, uh, to a certain extent. It's just how can how can you remain that 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 same individual, but change your coaching behaviors, but still remain the same person? And for me, that was a, a mind blowing thought. Of well, how, how can you actually? change the way you act but still remain the same person so it was stepping uh, making a few steps back and, and and reflecting so that that was my first process was learning how to reflect uh, post during and, and and after any session
0: uh, Thomas, I, I love that reflection yes. so be the same person but maybe adapt your behaviors to get best out of those around you i wonder if you could give us an example of that for listeners yes so and with oh yeah so
1: i was i'm quite i'm kind of a nervous person regardless if i know my athletes or not because i just want to be really engaged in that session uh you know if i see an athlete doing uh something in their technique that i don't think it's 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 good to be doing I'll just straight away tell them, look, you should be not doing that. This is how it should be looking or giving them a loads and loads and loads of feedback when what they actually needed from me was silence sometimes so that I, as a coach, could focus on them and see, could they be thinking on what their top arm is doing or, or could they just possibly just be getting ready for what's to come in the session, and effort. So for me would be give them time, watch an effort or two, and then engage with them in conversation and ask them. So questioning was my second step after reflection, was how do I question my athletes? Is it an open question, a closed question? How am I going to phrase this question? And what sort of, a, of an answer do I need from them? Do they need to answer back? Or do I just need to watch them do it again? Or should I ask them what are they focusing on? Or should I just ask them a way to direct them onto what they should be doing? So I would say that was my my, my second step. My next step was, was questioning. And... It made a big impact on how the sessions ran. It was a lot smoother. It allowed me to breathe, relax, and actually see what was happening in the sessions, what was happening with the athletes or the athletes. And yeah, the 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 individual that I was and the coach that I was did not change whatsoever. And and the athletes seemed more relaxed, less less thinking. Because a lot of the times what happened was I would give them information they weren't thinking of. And so their, their process that was, was, was going in the back of their heads just completely changed. So instead of making that session uh, worth it, 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 it I, I would just put too much information and they would just be lost and they would not be thinking on what they were doing. So yeah, questioning. Ask your athletes what, what are they feeling, what what are they thinking of when they're doing a technique. Th- this doesn't just go
0: for piloting. This goes to any sport. It's, it's really interesting. I've written down absolutely tons there. I'm sure people listening at home are <laughs> just been furiously scrolling away. Um, so what I've written down there is this idea of well, whose needs are we trying to meet? So your needs might be to correct something you've just seen, but that might not be their needs. Right, right yeah. now, they my black. I'm working on something completely different. Or actually, I've had a really tough day at school, and I just need some peace and quiet. Yeah. On my own, I'm gonna paddle. I'm gonna work hard, but I just need some headspace. And if you then come jumping right. in with, what, what, think what your top hand or whatever it might be, then you're actually taking yeah. away what they actually need. Yeah,
1: and and it was interesting what you just said there uh, because you know we as coaches often forget that. We're not coaching just athletes, you know. They're students, they're their sons and daughters or cousins, you know. They're 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 a big range of 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 things that go around one person. You know, we can't just see them as athletes. We need to see them as people, you know. And we can't just think, oh, today is a really important lactic session or threshold session or speed set, what whatever it may be. We and we need to focus on the individual there. So, and, and this, this is where uh, shadowing Anton is <clears throat> he's, he's one, one of the, he's the sprint uh, coach as well in the squad. Shadowing him for a few months helped me. What was missing in my coaching? And what I've noticed was two things. And the most important thing for me was briefing, because that's 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 the pillar there of what you're gonna how you're gonna run the session is does this, the athlete seem engaged with me today at all or with their with his, his teammates uh, do they seem to be having fun do they seem energetic how should I run the session so that's 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 gonna be your first step as as, as a coach as a person is gonna be briefing ask your athletes how, how has their day gone how are they feeling? Uh, did, are they feeling energetic enough to do that session, or would they like to to tweak it or change it a little? You know, don't think that just because you're a coach, you're gonna have the last words You will eventually. Sometimes you should you should try to push them because that's what 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 uh, we are there for is 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 to push them a little, give them motivation. Uh, you know, in, in spite of sometimes they might be looking oh they're they're done for the session just try to push them but yeah think of them as individuals always and at all times not just uh, an athlete because then you're just making them a thing rather than a person and and you're thinking of your own interests rather than theirs so yeah and the second thing that I've learned with Anton was that silence thing of when, when should I be just saying nothing and just observing because you can take a lot from just observing and, and when, whilst you're observing, you're reflecting, and that's just going to make you grow as a person and as a coach.
0: So, Thomas, we could undoubtedly continue this conversation for another two hours. Uh, I'm <laughs> very confident of that and I'd still be learning from you. you. One of the things you've really worked on, and you've talked about it quite a few times today, is are your mm-hmm. reflective skills and the importance of reflecting on your practice and learning. So given all your experiences over the last, decade or so, whatever it's been. uh, If you could give some advice to young coaches coming up through the system, whether they're recreational, whether they're sprint or or whatever, what, what advice might you offer them?
1: If, if you ever have any questions regarding what you're doing, don't think that you can only go to people with more experience than you. You can always uh, go to your athletes because they'll know best. You know, how are you feeling? Um, Do you think you're ready to try and do this? Can you try to do this most basic exercise before we can actually go to this middle or more advanced one? Reflect on before a session starts. So let's say today's Monday, you had a session yesterday. And before you go on today's session, think, what did I see on this athletes or this group behavior yesterday that i can improve on today or what can i bring new on today that i wanted them to do yesterday but they didn't actually manage so reflection there brings you um, new ideas understanding of who are you working with how are you going to work with them and just make it your own that was one of my biggest mistakes when i started coaching here as as a um, qualified coach was i was following other people's training plans and that just didn't work because i was just following something i didn't really understand whereas if you do it yourself you're gonna understand the thought process of doing those things and it's something that is yours and you can be proud saying look we might not like this but this was my idea this is why it's going to work so you can actually explain parents or to your athletes even because eventually they will ask you why are we doing this session why is it so beneficial and you can actually say this is x y and z and this is where we are if we keep doing this for four week cycle or six week cycle or for how long you want to do it for then we can progress to this more advanced exercise or this will make us faster so and again don't complicate it keep keep the basics enjoy have fun just bring that inner child out and enjoy it and you'll see that the environment not just the physical but the mental environment of everyone is just gonna change and you're gonna have a wonderful time and you'll develop as a coach as well
0: (laughs) tomasa uh, I don't know how I'm going to summarize this conversation, but I, I'm <laughs> going to, I've written down tons of things, but uh, I've written down just a few things maybe for the listeners at home to take home with yeah. them. And the first thing I'm going to say is that thing you just said there about that kind of childlike joy that you have with everything you do and your enthusiasm that's always, always there. So that was there for me. And your lovely point earlier on about empathy, that you need to see the world as they see it, not as you see it. And when you see the world as they see it, mm-hmm. it becomes a whole lot easier. Um, so that's yeah. the first thing. Second thing I've picked up on is this idea of simplicity. It doesn't need to be hugely complicated. Um, no. And it is a good statement that you understand something if you can put it in simple words. Yeah. Um, the third thing I have for you is around this idea of being a really reflective and learning practitioner. So okay. always trying to improve. And that was kind of your advice there to other coaches is just keep keep doing that. Yeah. And then the, the last thing I'd written down there was this idea of kind of the best you can ever be is you so just yeah. be the best version of you and you can use different bits of you to get the best out of other people but ultimately you need, you need to turn up as you are congruently who you are um i also love that you're the only person in this yeah. podcast so far who's taken the mick out of me as well so uh so th- <laughs> thank you for your friendly banter and for your uh you taking part in the call um yeah, i hope yeah, thank you for having me yeah a real pleasure to us so for everyone at home um, hopefully some of those things there are things you can take away and put into practice obviously we're hoping to get back to the water sometime soon but even in some of what we're doing now online we could probably do some of that just now Um, keep an eye out for future podcasts um, hit subscribe so you don't miss out and most importantly right now uh, please stay safe and massive thanks Thomas thank you hope everyone's staying safe